Thin we began, and meagre, and hungry. So set us to earning to live. Progress did give us a story, the romantic tale to chase across trails of thought. Nonchalant how we speed, far beyond need, or should, even want, and into misdeeds via boredom. Souls running riot in wisdom, serfs buying life in a kingdom, then selling ourselves out for freedom. Sometimes circa mess scale, the snake bit its tail. A cityscape plundered by mascots, rectangle rooms and an Xbox. Beautiful meadow of spring. Wow, that one's perhaps my favorite poem so far. Oh, thank you. It sounds sort of like a rap verse. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, I, mean, I guess. It's quite melodic. It's very a little rhymy. bit of a diss. A diss track. A diss track towards <laughs> yeah, the consumerism. State of things. Um, I tried to kind of summarize the state of what mm-hmm. we've been talking about because this is the last episode of Degrowth, so I thought we got to go out with a poetic bang. Yes, that's and also that we did. My rap name. Poetic bang. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have done fourteen episodes on degrowth, all of which have been exploring the concept in its broad range of things that degrowth kind of has under its umbrella. And today we're going to wrap up with some critiques of degrowth and relating it to the Solocene because that's what we are here. We're trying to build the Solocene and we've been acting like degrowth and the Solocene are the exact same. However, the Solocene is more than just degrowth. Or less. We'll figure it out. I think we're just going to talk about how much do the Venn diagrams overlap Yes. as, as kind of a final assessment. Okay, so let's start off with some criticisms because we've been so positive in mm-hmm. degrowth. So we kind of just looked at what is the the common critical ideas brought forth by people who aren't so positive about degrowth as we are. Mm-hmm. The first one, and the one that I think was most common that I found, was just the implausibility of it or the impracticality of it. Mm-hmm. People say that the working class will never accept a worse quality of life for the sake of the environment. I had this quote, which was, their brand, meaning the brand of the degrowthers, mm-hmm. is not likely to be welcomed by the global working class, even as it attracts sections of the professional class. Mm-hmm. And my first kind of disclaimer that I wanted to mention on this point was that on the podcast, we deliberately skip over any boring and potentially difficult discussions of transition, popularity of the ideas. We're just trying mm-hmm. to build a really nice utopia and not exactly concerning ourselves with how to get there. Yeah, I find if we have a vision of the end goal, it'll make the mundane work of transitioning a little bit more endurable. Um, My second disclaimer is that degrowth is such a big range of ideas that Mm -hmm. it's only the most staunch and the most kind of hardline degrowthers, as this quote called it, who are proposing like pre-industrial zero emission type transition or yeah, growth for sure and so that essentially would be a bad idea for quality of life but mm-hmm. let's say proposing like pre-internet or pre-iphone is not necessarily a bad idea in terms mm-hmm. of quality of life so i think the my response to this point even though i don't really like engaging with it because i prefer to what do they say bury my head in the sand of a a semi-fantastical thought exercise which is constructing utopia. My response is that public support depends entirely on education and a kind of mm. mess awakening 
with regards to the harmful psychological, social, and environmental mm -hmm. effects of consumerism, the internet, and all these other bad aspects of modernity. Mm -hmm. And there's already some examples of a kind of uh, growing consciousness about these things because we see like natural food has taken off mm -hmm. whole grains yeah, as well as natural medicine mm -hmm. and zero waste and thrifting. So it's not as if there's a complete aversion to anything that isn't cutting edge, next best thing marketed to you. Yeah, There's already sure. actually... Precedent? Yeah, quite a precedent mm -hmm. for degrowth in some areas, some consumerism areas, I would say. Yeah, and I think the my favorite part about degrowth is that it's local. It's not just degrowth for the entire world because that doesn't make much sense that we can just all have the exact same framework that we follow. It's degrowth for your community or for your country even, depending on the size of your country. Like we're not going to be able to have a solution for all of Canada, but we can definitely come up with solutions for where we live. It's decentralized. So you yeah. Say, yeah. My first critique is, I'll kind of piggyback off yours, and it's that degrowth is just ambiguous and like confusing, which it is. Yeah, it is. And there's like a few papers, if you read some of the first ones published on it, which establish what degrowth is, and I find that they're very clear and concise. But then if you read just those, you're going to be like, well, this doesn't make any sense. It's just an idea. It's not even a plan. It's yep. a concept. Just like, oh, there's an idea for a movie, but the movie hasn't been made. Right. It was if it's as if someone was saying, Oh, I have an idea for society. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what is it? And they say, growth. Mm -hmm. That's about as broad as degrowth is. Mm -hmm. It's not really a plan at all, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a, a concept, like you mentioned. Yeah, but that's why there's people working towards compiling all of the work on degrowth. Like there's degrowth.info, which we referenced in our first episode. And they compile every single, like I swear, it seems like every single article, video, zine, project, art installation that references degrowth. And it gives you a better idea of what the movement is because it is so sweeping. Yeah. I like how you just snuck in zine there. But it's because they contacted us about our zine. They no, were know, like, hey, you guys have a zine? And there's another degrowth zine too that I learned about. You don't, want to, you don't want to tell our listeners about that. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's one degrowth zine. You can find it in the description to the episode. Yeah. And I also think degrowth is like the only concept that I've come across, which is at the same scale as the climate change issue. Like climate change is so much more than just deforestation, just ocean pollution. Like it's a mindset issue. It's a structure issue. Yeah. It's an Avengers level threat. Yeah. So it's like we need an Avengers level team. Yeah. To to find it we can't just have captain america fighting we need people from all different backgrounds fighting all over the world in order to stop thanos my next one which is like the first gripe that everyone has with degrowth when you mention it and even when we were taught it in school they mentioned this gripe because they said if you talk about degrowth people are going to say this to you and it's that degrowth is negative we have been striving for growth as your poem alluded to forever yep. we just always wanted forward 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 and when you hear the word degrowth, you're like, so now we have to go backwards? That's not what it is. It isn't like the word isn't anti-progress or something. I've heard it advocated for as like perhaps an apathy towards growth. Like, okay, GDP might continue to grow if we don't can't completely abolish it. But that doesn't like that's not a bad thing under degrowth. Well, yeah, it's just a measure. 
yeah so you can't really abolish a measure it'd be like saying we're abolishing grams mm -hmm. but yeah i think the term that i found was growth agnosticism mm -hmm. meaning that you're just kind of neutral it's like mm -hmm. if the economy grows while adhering to environmental standards great degrowth isn't anti-technology like the luddites it's not we're going to bomb all of the factories and the software centers that exist it's we need to use technology to progress as a species but not progress in the economic sense progress in the health and education and harmony with nature the mental health sectors which have just all been ignored with the one crowning jewel that is the economy yeah and capitalism i would just correct you when you said degrowth is this degrowth is this it's like your preferred form of degrowth Mm -hmm. you know like the solar scene is this yeah but there's a lot of degrowth advocates who are anti-technology yeah it's a huge camp and, and anti-economic progress mm -hmm. so that's something of a criticism that you agree with a little bit it's definitely something that i agree with even the, the word i don't like the word degrowth so much i do because it's like it's not going to be adopted by companies the way that every single other term has been like sustainability every company has a sustainability department now right even like the worst companies yeah but the benefit to that is that everyone knows the word sustainability it's true my other criticism that i found which is rather similar is that growth isn't always bad like degrowth tends to claim it is mm -hmm. so for instance innovation and progress of more energy efficient machines like cars mm -hmm. is actually good both for the economy and for the planet mm -hmm. and it's just a criticism i agree with some technological progress is good not all economic growth is bad. Yeah. So that's why I was saying I like that term growth agnostic because it's like you don't really need to demonize GDP, but you should place other things above it. Yeah. That's for sure. But yeah. it's, it's not the case that I think economies are too big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because neither of us are like completely anti-capitalist the way that I'd say like 90% of degrowth advocates are. We have our gripes with capitalism, but we're not the anti-capitalist podcast. My next critique is that degrowth thinks that if we focus on public policy change, then we will get change. Like it has to be kind of government driven and not corporation driven. And people critique this and I agree with this critique. That's why I noted it. I think in the system that we're in right now, we need people to create green corporations, degrowth corporations, so that people like understand the structure. Okay, I get this product from this group and I use it. But under like my ideal world, it'd be something like circular. But degrowth doesn't agree with that. I think so we need all new models in order to enact change or all top down from the government. But I just don't think that's going to work. Yeah, that's basically just you saying that you think degrowth and capitalism can coexist. Mm -hmm. And other people have that criticism as well i'd agree with that we um we did the episode about circular economics yeah and the actual shape of the economy is not super different from the current one okay so now that we have all of the criticisms of degrowth we thought it'd be a good thought experiment to see how degrowth and the solacine are different so we're going to describe the solacine and things that we see in it and then indicate if these things align with degrowth or if they do not. So my first one is that in the solo scene, innovation is going to be very people-driven and it's going to be critical to making the society function. It's just a ton of innovation, 
all trying to rework how we do healthcare, how we do education, how we interact with each other. And I don't mean all in the metaverse. I mean new structures of like social organization in buildings or how school boards are run and how kids are raised. And also literal technologies like cool ovens that like use heat from the earth or fridges that are just like underground, just innovation on all fronts. Yep. But I feel like that isn't super aligned with degrowth because degrowth isn't super solar punk and like futurist. It's a lot more looking towards the past. It isn't entirely. It still incorporates a little bit of looking to the future, but I feel like Solocene is a lot more future looking. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, and I like that you use the word solar punk. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't actually talked about it on the podcast, so this is this is a good place to to bring it up because I always like how when in the last episode of a TV show or like the last scene of a movie, mm-hmm. something new is brought in. Yes. Like in Harry Potter, it's like, oh, they're doing all this stuff. And then the last one, boom, there's this invincible mm-hmm. wand. Yeah. It's kind of what we're talking about here with solar punk. So mm-hmm. buckle up for all the listeners who don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, so my my basic thesis for this part of the episode was that Solocene fits underneath the degrowth umbrella because it does acknowledge that some things have gone wrong and that the right way to fix some of these things sometimes is to look back. Like that's mm-hmm. just the basic kind of idea of degrowth and also the big part of sustainability is reducing current resource use. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the two things that degrowth advocates. It's like, yeah, I think Solocene's like that, but I think it's much more almost a blend of degrowth and eco-modernism, which seems like mm-hmm. an oxymoron, but it's definitely on the more technologically innovative and, as you said, futuristic side of the degrowth spectrum. Mm-hmm. One thing that I imagine in the solo scene is a shift towards well-being, which super aligns with degrowth because degrowth advocates for, instead of measuring our well-being in money and life expectancy and things that aren't actually day-to-day people's happiness and people's actual comfort in their lives and Mm -hmm. contentness. And I think that's like crucial towards, okay, I like my life. I will then invest in my community, invest in my future and my kids and be less overwhelmed by like all of the negative things that we're currently overwhelmed with. Yeah. So with solar punk, solar punk is an aesthetic slash internet niche small community which is centered around art stories poems ideas real life inspiration for a future which blends new sustainable technologies and ways of doing things with traditional infrastructure i guess Mm -hmm. with plants with walkability Mm -hmm. and with localization Yeah, it's like people and nature-centric. Yeah. Like when you look at a piece of solar punk art, you're like, okay, people live here and plants live here. Right. You don't think, oh, this is where the banks are. But it's also typically urban, unlike Mm -hmm. degrowth, which is, I would say, the idea of it or the image of it typically is a little bit more Mm -hmm. pastoral. So when I was kind of trying to distinguish between solar punk and degrowth, because they seem on the surface quite different, one seems forward thinking, one seems more backward thinking. I came to realize that they're not exactly separate. It's more like one is similar to the other, but represented in a different medium. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like degrowth is primarily an academic idea, which is Mm -hmm. why it's a little bit inaccessible. Yeah. And most of the books written on it are 
nonfiction and mm -hmm. the talks on it are usually academic. Yeah. And solar punk is more artistic, aesthetic. Yeah, for sure. And visual. My analogy was kind of like solar punk is to degrowth what, say, the Jetsons is to futurism mm -hmm. and sci-fi optimism. It's basically just an artistic extension of ideas, which is what I think solar scene is a little bit more like. Yes, solar I scene, agree. solar punk. There we're, might have been a little bit of we're definitely referencing a lot, there. A lot more um, aesthetic than we are academic on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So technology like solar panels, new transit, better healthcare machines, scientific exploration, mixed with environmental ethics, sustainable infrastructure. And that kind of ancient or like forgotten natural wisdom. That's what I would say is best sums up solar punk and also solar scene. Yeah, I think so as well. Did you see the new Chimbani commercial? I wanted to mention it. Because I saw it in a video. We probably both watched the same video, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Because I didn't notice the Chimbani branding at the beginning. Right. And I was just like, is this some random like Ghibli commercial? Because it was scored by... Joe Hisaishi, yeah. Hisaishi, I've never heard it pronounced. <laughs> a typical Ghibli composer. So yeah, when it came to solar punk, I thought that would be the most concise way of introducing it to people who are maybe like, oh, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure what yeah. you're talking about. There's lists of movies and books and artists and websites you can go on, which well explain it but i would just mm -hmm. recommend this video which is called dear alice it's on youtube and it is an ad for chobani which makes dairy products which i thought was weird and that advertisement aspect of it and the product placement is a decidedly unsolar punk thing yeah but if you can ignore that the imagery on display mm -hmm. and the story yeah it's pretty wonderful it well, made me cry a little bit it's very solar punk that's for sure mm -hmm. i just thought it was like a full solar punk like tv show that i didn't know existed and i got super excited but then mm. i was like wait what's that little beige box of oat milk uh Chibani. i'm pretty sure solar punk would be post branding i think so as well post growth mm -hmm. i think i prefer post growth to degrowth it's hard for me to talk very practically about how solar scene is not so degrowth because it's not inherently a practical exercise mm -hmm. i would just say that i like the ideas of pulling back from the economic areas that we don't need, mm -hmm. novelty birthday cards, mm -hmm. and pushing forward with the things which aren't so resource extractive, but are actually better for the future of humanity. Mm -hmm. Mental health, community, psychological well-being, individual growth. That'd be lovely. That's the, that's the solar scene goal. Yeah. Um, crazy buildings. Yeah. The solar punk vision of the future is like, this is what the future we should be striving for. It's not exactly. we should be striving for like glass buildings and like cars for everyone. We should be striving for space. These little zipping cars that zip around from building to building. There's a lot of zipping. There's a lot, it sounds there's like a lot the, of zipping. The solar scene. Yeah. Solar punk fashion. Yeah. Just it's all it's all a new wave. Yeah. You know the dark green, bright green, light green environmentalism? Yes. I use that as well to kind of try and describe where solar scene falls on this spectrum. Mm -hmm. So Degrowth is like the darkest green environmentalism. It's like we need to just take down all of the existing systems, shut it down, rebuild. Yeah. And that's like in my ideal world, I feel like that's what it would be like. It would be like we could just do that and it would work. But I feel like it's more of a slightly, we're going to need to paradigm shift and slowly shut down one thing, build something new, shut down the next. Like it needs to be a little bit more of a process. 
we don't have time for the light green environmentalism, which is all, oh, personal responsibility. Everyone will come to it in their own time. The government will just, it'll just all figure itself out. Like, we don't have time for that either. Yeah. We need the bright green environmentalism, which is solar punk and solar scene to me. Well, I think it's a, it's a mix. Yeah. Some things also, it's a mix, a mix of bright and dark eco-modernism and degrowth. I also don't like talks about, we need to do this. There's no time for this. This is more practical. That's lame. It's not what solar <laughs> scene's all about. You're, you're forgetting. We're just painting, painting a picture of the end goal. I know, We're I know. We're not talking about how to get there. But <laughs> I had this quote, which sums it up pretty nicely. It says, if you look out the window and wish you could see more of nature, then you already understand. Solar punk is mm-hmm. about using technology to rebuild what we have lost. Mm-hmm. Whereas degrowth, it's not really about technology at all. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the most concise way of distinguishing them. I had a pop quiz for you. Oh, great. Since this is the last episode of mm-hmm. the semester, I wanted to quiz you on how well you've been paying attention. I was going to do the same for you. And I then know you were going to do that. Then I didn't, so I'm glad, glad you did it. Yeah, so you're going to be put on the spot here to see whether this has any benefit to your knowledge mm-hmm. of things whatsoever or whether you're just regurgitating things and not even listening to me. Oh, great. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the five questions pulled from the previous 14 episodes, I guess. And I guess you have to get three right. Okay. And that means that you passed. So the first question is, and you can't rifle through your notes as well to try and oh, find man. the answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so the first question is, find the odd one out. Things I mentioned as cool ideas for degrowth transportation. Hot air balloons, cable cars, trains, underground tunnels, human flight or wingsuits. Which one did I not mention as a cool degrowth? So you you mentioned wingsuits. Because I remember thinking, that's what that's weird. <laughs> and then the thing is, tunnels are my thing. But I don't know if you stole them for that episode. <laughs> tunnels are your thing. Tunnels are mine. <laughs> I have a monopoly on tunnels in the future. I am going to say hot air balloons. You, did you mention those? Because I know we were talking about blimps and stuff and like, air travel i feel like you did say hot air balloons and then bikes trains tunnels it was what i said was hot air balloons cable cars trains underground tunnels and human flight okay i think it's hard because i like i came up with the cable cars idea too oh my there's those two in the <laughs> middle which are my ideas so i don't know if you mentioned them or if i mentioned them i'm gonna say tunnels you didn't say it's actually a trick question. I mentioned them all. So <laughs> what kind of... So you got that one wrong. Okay. None of the above wasn't an answer. Well, you could have said that. Oh my gosh. The next question is, name three solutions that we had for what to do with parking lots. Okay. We said turn them into community centers where there's like sports and stuff. So a bunch of different sports you can do there. Yep. We talked about food trucks. It's true. I did say that. Yeah. And we talked about gardening like taking all the pavement up and turning them into urban gardens okay okay that one was a little bit of an easy question okay third question degrowth.org has six things listed as essential for degrowth Mm -hmm. name three and you don't have to get them perfectly correct okay this is beckoning back to the first episode isn't it well this is just the the tenets of degrowth i hope you can get at least one okay I just don't know, like, what types of things, like, would be, like, lowering resource use. 
Uh, oh, I'll give you that. It says a reduction of production and consumption in the global north and liberation from the one-sided Western paradigm of development. This could allow for a self-determined path of social organization in the global south. You kind of said that. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, we need to shift our indicators from economic to social. So well-being index instead of GDP. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and another one would be that degrowth is we need collaborative action between so like right now it's very hierarchical so we need to like flatten the hierarchy when yes. it comes to yes it says an extension of democratic decision making to allow for real political participation mm -hmm. okay so i'll give you that okay i mean i shouldn't really but i'll give you that so you got two questions right one question wrong next one is it's a trick question mind you no you got it wrong the hofstede cultural dimensions mm -hmm. what was your ideal number for the solo scene when it comes to indulgence as well as for masculinity. Okay, masculinity was 50. Correct. And then indulgence was 20. Wrong, it was 15. 15, shoot. So okay. you, got a, you got a half point. Oh my gosh, okay. So that's two and a half points for you. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've made a 50. Yeah. You need to get the next one right. The final question right. is... Name five organisms of the week. Yeah, I knew this was going to be one. Can't, I was name, gonna, can't name today's. I was going to refresh myself on these because I knew you were going to ask me, <laughs> but then I didn't. Um, okay, so I'm not going to have the actual names. There's the electricity bacterium. <laughs> okay. And there was... Oh, no, I'm really bad at names uh -oh. of things. I can envision them. They're the little woolly things from last week. Oh, my. The tiny woolly mammoths. There was the drumstick tree, which I did. Sure. And then the electricity bacteria, which I said. Yep. And then... I like to think the people listening to this are like screaming the answers like, come mm -hmm. on, Alicia. They're probably not. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so bad at names. I did a mushroom. What was the type of mushroom? If I could draw them, perhaps? No, no. I need the Latin names. Capybara. <laughs> the capybara. It's the most gleeful proclamation of that word ever, <laughs> ever uttered. <laughs> okay. It's three. Yours were microscopic, like 90% of the time, so it's a challenge for me to recall them. Exactly two of them were. Oh, the dolphin. The Yangtze river dolphin, which is extinct now. That was one of yours? Yeah. Okay, that's four. And I think we did a bug somewhere, but I can't think of any of the bugs for some reason. It's actually really sad. Muskox? The muskox, yeah, that was the hairy one from last week. Yeah. So, well done. You got five of them. I guess you passed, but not exactly a great showing. I'm sorry, Anne. Speaking of a great showing. Do you want to know this week's organism? Yeah. If you don't know it, then you fail. <laughs> that's the that's the quiz it's like bilbo with yeah what's in my pocket what's in my pocket i did that to you the other day and you thought it was a cat well you made it seem like it was a cat i was like guess what's in my pocket and then you were like but you were kind of holding it like yeah. it was a baby it was just a bundle of flowers <laughs> under my coat so this week i thought because we're doing degrowth the organism could be a snail a type of snail again because snails are the symbol for degrowth 
because when snails are making their shells, if they add one layer too many, the weight increases by 16 times and then they wouldn't be able to move. And that's See, what degrowth is all about. So you've already forgotten that the first episode was, also was a snail. A snail <laughs> and you said that same thing. I think. Yeah. But I just thought I'd do the generic snail for this week. <laughs> what, that's just, that's the way to name snail? No, it's um, Helix Palmatia. Okay. And I'll get a picture for you to describe to people. Yeah, I've seen snails. So describe it. It is a snail. Yes, it's <laughs> just the most generic snail. They have many names. The Roman snail, the burgundy snail, yep. the edible snail, or escargot. The shelled slug. Yeah, Gary. And, well, it's not a water snail. And they are large, edible, air-breathing land snails. They have five to six whorls. I don't know why you had to sneak in edible. That's what it said on Wikipedia. Oh, right. But I'm just saying, look, we haven't said that for any of the other organisms. They're edible. There's a lot of, there's like thousands and thousands of types of snails. This is the one that like people generally okay. tend to eat. And yeah, do you know that that's what they're called? The little spirals? Yeah, because I said it on the first episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, yeah, they're 30 to 50 millimeters wide, 30 to 45 millimeters tall. And yeah, snails don't get enough hype, I don't think. Don't get enough credit. Yeah. A Hope strange you... way to end the episode. A little bit. And end the series, but we will be back next week. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to do some loose episodes, some kind of one-offs mm -hmm. that aren't connected to degrowth or to the subject of the next semester, mm -hmm. just to give us a break from having to think week from week, mm -hmm. try out some different stuff, maybe a musical episode. Perhaps. Or maybe you'll get to show off your stand-up routine. That would be fun. In the meantime, after we record today, we're going to make some pizza, which is, I just wanted to mention because it's the most degrowth food. Is it? I can see that. Hope you all can enjoy some pizza of your own. Thank you so much for joining us in this semester, and we hope to see you next week.